Loving Father in heaven, glory, honor, praise, and adoration be unto you for giving us the opportunity to be among the living. We are grateful to you, Lord, for even going further than that and by giving us food and shelter and clothing. We thank you, Lord, for your watch care over us, for your guidance and protection. Lord, we want to live our lives for you. We want to glorify you. As we come to you today, we ask that you consecrate us to your service. Give us the power and the grace to live according to your will. As we go through our devotion this morning, grant us of your spirit. And the words we'll be listening to may it be a blessing to us to give us power to live like Christ. Put your words in our mouth, Lord, that we may speak blessings to everyone who will be listening to us also. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our high calling, February 15. The faith that justifies. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 Justification by faith is to many a mystery. A sinner is justified by God when he repents of his sins. He sees Jesus upon the cross of Calvary. He looks to the atoning sacrifice as his only hope. True repentance towards God because the laws of his government have been broken and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ as the one who can save and cleanse the sinner from every transgression. The mediatorial work of Christ commenced with the commencement of human guilt and suffering and misery as soon as man became a transgressor. The law was not abolished to save man and bring him into union with God. But Christ assumed the office of his surety and deliverer in becoming sin for man, that man might become the righteousness of God in and through him who was one with the Father. Sinners can be justified by God only when he pardons their sins, remits the punishments they deserve, and treats them as though they were really just and had not sinned, receiving them into divine favor and treating them as if they were righteous. They are justified alone through the imputed righteousness of Christ. The Father accepts the Son and through the atoning sacrifice of his son, accepts the sinner. There are thousands who believe in the gospel and in Jesus Christ as the world's redeemer, but they are not saved by that faith. They do not repent and have that faith that lays hold upon Christ as their sin-pardoning savior. Their belief is not unto repentance. The faith that justifies always produces first true 
repentance and then good works which are the fruit of that faith there is no saving faith that does not produce good fruit god gave christ to our world to become the sinner's substitute the moment true faith in the merits of the costly atoning sacrifice is exercised claiming christ as a personal savior that moment the sinner is justified before god because he is pardoned amen title of our devotion today is the faith that justifies that is justification by faith we hear this term so often justification by faith what does it mean and what does it not mean what is the misconception people have about it and why is it enshrouded in mystery to others that is what we'll be looking at today our key text is Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and it says Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One thing that is plain in this text is that we are justified by faith. Yesterday's devotion already made us understand and today we can still understand the same thing. Justification means pardon. Justification means forgiveness. We we receive pardon. We receive forgiveness from the Father by faith. I'll read the first line. Pardon and justification are one and the same thing. True faith, the believer passes from the position of a rebel, not by works, but by faith. He passes from the position of a rebel, a child of sin and Satan, to the position of a loyal subject of Jesus Christ. Not because of an inherent goodness, but because Christ receives him as his child by adoption. So, justification by faith, as we understand, is to receive pardon from the Father. But then, what is it that shows that one has faith? And by the way, to have faith, of course, simply means to believe in Jesus. How do we know that we believe? I'll take here again, it says, a sinner is justified by God, as to this devotion, a sinner is justified by God when he repents of his sins. What does the Bible teach about faith? The Bible tells us plainly that faith shows in works. If anyone says he has faith and has not works, that faith will not save him. That's what the Bible says. That's why we are looking today at the faith that justifies. There's another kind of faith. Though it is not faith, it camouflages itself as faith. And that one does not justify. You may call that uh, maybe presumption because anything that is of faith believes in the word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 16 that faith comes by hearing and verse 17 and hearing by the word of God. So if someone is not following the word of God, then he is not having faith. You have to do what the word of God says before you can say you have faith today there are many who believe and say only believe in jesus and then you shall be saved they do not preach repentance 
towards God. They do not preach that the law must be obeyed. They only say we are saved just by believing. By virtue of saying that they are telling people to continue in their sins and they cannot, they shouldn't expect to repent, but yet they will be saved in their sins. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Do not think, think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. Till heaven and earth shall pass away, not one jot or tittle shall in any wise pass away from the law. Therefore, if any man teaches and also does not do the law and teaches others the same, he shall be called least in the kingdom of God. But whosoever will keep the law and teach the same, he shall be called great in the kingdom of God. And then after that, Jesus started to expound the law. It was after making this statement, he started to talk about, you have heard that it was said you should not kill, but I tell you, whosoever hates his brother or says raka, or calls his brother a fool shall be in danger of judgment or hellfire. He said it to expand the law. Do not think he said that I came to destroy it. If Jesus came to destroy the law, why then did he teach in Matthew 5 deeper things about the law when he said that whosoever will look at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery? He said what you have heard is that it was said that you should not commit adultery. But I'm saying to you, it's more than that. Why did Jesus go through all this? The reason he was going through this, he made it plain. I did not come to destroy the law. If you say you believe in me and you are thinking that you are not going to keep the law, do not say I am the one who told you that. He made it plain. In fact, he said in his final statement to his disciples in Matthew 28, reading from verse 18 and 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He then said, teaching them all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you away even to the end of the world there again he made it clear then while he was admonishing his disciples before he was captured and taken to be crucified he told them in john 14 verse 15 if you love me keep my commandments all these statements were jesus's own statements in john 15 verse 14 he said you are my friends if you keep my commandments nobody has any excuse whatsoever to think that because jesus died on the cross of calvary for their sins it stops them from repenting they need not repent of their sins that it is not consequential whether they repent or not that jesus will still accept them even if they continue in their sins you don't have any reason to believe that you cannot say the bible is confusing in this matter some people try to make it look like a mystery that it's confusing them if we believe that's all we need to do now it's not just to believe where did you get that what does it mean to believe it is jesus who told you if you believe in me you will not perish but what did he mean by belief he made it clear that he did not come to destroy the law the same jesus who said you should believe also told you to keep the commandments So what is this faith that justifies? It is a faith that is shown through repentance. Without that repentance, the justification will not take place. Remember, we are justified by faith in Christ Jesus, which means he is a substitute for us. We believe in him that the death we were supposed to die because of our sins, he has taken our place. Therefore, we ought not to die anymore. But then, how will we not die if we are still remaining in our sins? 
if today I have my past sins and I'm supposed to be executed today, and then here is Christ who says, I have already died and he was innocent. He was perfect. And I say, I believe in him. He then takes my place. He dies my death. I take his place and his righteousness, which I don't have inside me, I exchange it. The only reason, look at it in the law, court of law today. If somebody was supposed to be executed and another person who did not commit that crime comes and says, kill me instead of him. The reason why anybody will do that is because, okay, they say you, you are not, you don't have any death sentence on you. And that's the reason why the other person will be acquitted and maybe the other person will take the place of the one who was acquitted. Jesus himself takes our place and we take his place now. After we have been justified, pardoned, the Bible teaches Romans 6 verse 1, shall we continue in sin? so that grace will abound. If we have not repented in our heart and sorrowed for our sins, we cannot receive forgiveness and pardon from God. What is repentance? What does the Bible teach about it? We will look at the book of 2 Corinthians, reading from verse seven, chapter 7, verse 9. It says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. I take that again to show you that there are two kinds of, rep- of sorrow. For godly sorrow worketh repentance, and this repentance leads to salvation, not to be repented of. That is, after you have made a change to be, to repent means a sorrow for sin and a turning away from that sin so when you have repented of your sin you are not supposed to repent of your repentance after changing and going in the right direction you're not supposed to change and go in the wrong direction again that's why it says repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world will get death for behold this self same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort now look at how sorrowing and repenting after a godly sort what it does it says what carefulness it wrought in you that means they became very careful not to go back to those things again yeah what clearing of yourselves that means they searched themselves to ensure that anything they did wrong they cleared themselves on it again yeah what indignation that means they became offended they were angry righteous indignation with themselves for what they had done yea what fear they became respectful towards the word of god yea what vehement desire they now had a strong desire to do what is right yea what zeal they became zealous to righteousness yea what revenge to make amends for the bad things they have done to revenge their disobedience they started to do right to try and make things right for all all the bad things were done to make amends for it in all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter this is the repentance that brings about justification it is this kind of faith that has these works because if somebody says he has faith and yet he's not doing these things he doesn't have sorrow for his sin he doesn't become careful not to go back to that sin. He doesn't try to clear himself. 
he doesn't feel that indignation against the sin he committed and doesn't have the fear of God. None of these things being there shows that this person's faith is the dead type which James talks about. So let's look at it. James had to encounter this situation and write about it through the inspiration of God to address this matter of people saying they believe yet they will not keep the commandments of God, they will not repent from their sins. You know, people portray the death of Jesus as it were a situa- an event that happened with people waiting to get license to sin. That's what people look at the, the grace and justification as they look at it as license to continue in sin. You can imagine what it means when people say, oh, since Jesus has died, I can continue my sins. That means it's just like people were waiting at the tomb of Jesus. They were sad that they cannot continue in their sins and that they are going to die for their sins. Oh, if only Jesus can resurrect, then I can have premarital sex if only jesus can resurrect i can just keep taking my alcohol if only jesus can resurrect i can hate and envy i can kill i can become jealous but now i cannot i'm just waiting for jesus to resurrect so that i can be free to do these things and there they are at the tomb of jesus one holding the alcohol in his hand but he can't drink it he's just waiting because if jesus resurrects he gets the license to drink it but before his resurrection i know that if i drink it i'm dead so we are waiting and then the other one has a man he's a man and wants to marry his fellow man and he knows that he can't do it because he'll be condemned but when jesus resurrects now he'll be free to do it and just as soon as jesus resurrects everybody rejoices and they have a party and then they start to commit all the sin in the world and say now we are free to sin this is exactly what people portray when they say that the grace and death of jesus does not give to us an obligation to keep the law of god the paint is to be as if the, 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 the death of Jesus and faith in him is licentiousness, license to do anything you like and sin and you continue to be pardoned. You see, God wants us to understand that that is not the case and that's why in the book of James, this matter is addressed. I'll read it now, chapter 2, reading from verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto him go thy way and be, be filled and yet thou givest not him those things which are needful to the body what does it profit you see what james is saying here somebody comes and says i have this need and you don't do anything about it and you cast that faith saved him then he says even so faith without works is dead being alone Thou sayest, I have faith, and has not works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So here, James is addressing that issue of some people saying they have faith, but yet there's no work coming along with it. And he says, show me your faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, now the word believe has come in. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now he gives an example of what it means to be justified by faith. Listen carefully from verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works, not by faith now, 
but this works is the works of faith that he's referring to because faith has works there is no faith that does not have works any faith without works is not faith it is a it is presumption it is camouflage faith it is fake and now reading again was not abraham our father justified by works when he had offered isaac his son upon the altar he had faith in god but his faith showed by his works how can abraham claim i believe yeah god told me to to sacrifice my son and then he stays in his house and doesn't do what god asked him to do he did what god asked him to do and it was that work he did that shows he was justified going further it says in verse 22 seest thou how faith wrought with his work it's not that works is separate from faith but faith wrought with his work in another version it says and in verse uh, 22 you see that his faith was helping his work and by faith was by works was faith made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which said abraham believed god and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of god this is what it means now that it was imputed unto him he didn't just say in his mind i believe and that was how righteousness was imputed to him righteousness was imputed because his faith showed by his works verse 24 you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only so there must be a combination of faith and works if we must be justified likewise also was not rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also and what is the works here it is the works of repentance if we say we believe in jesus as he as the one who takes our place for our sins then it must show in our works there must be a repentance from sin and these passages have made it clear that if we say we have faith and we do not have works our faith is a vain faith also the bible speaks about uh, how we are justified here it talks about being justified by works and then also in the book of 1 corinthians reading from verse chapter 1 rather actually romans romans chapter 2 reading from verse 13 it says for not the hearers of the law are just before god but the doers of the law shall be justified so repentance must be a path of our believing in jesus it is only as we repent that we receive justification not just say i'm changing i want to start keeping the law of god no but you believe that jesus takes your place and this your belief will be shown it has fruits faith has its fruits and the fruit of your faith will be shown in repentance in the reading it says there are thousands who believe in the gospel and in jesus christ as the world redeemer but they are not saved by that faith they do not repent and have that faith that lays hold upon christ as their sin pardoning savior their belief is not unto repentance the faith that justifies always produces first true repentance and then good works which are the fruit of that faith there is no saving faith that does not produce good fruits god gave christ to our world to become the sinner's substitute there must be good fruit there must be a change of life if we really believe in christ jesus 
let no one entertain that thought anymore that you continue in your sins while you are justified. May God give us grace and more understanding in these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The reading today tells us that there are thousands who believe in the gospel and in Jesus Christ as the world's redeemer, but they are not saved by that faith. They do not repent and have that faith that lays hold upon Christ as their sinning, as their sin pardoning Savior. Their belief is not unto repentance. Now, there's a popular quote which almost every Christian knows, which is in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. So everyone who believes in Christ Jesus will have eternal life. Then also there's a passage too in the book of James. James 2, chapter James chapter 2 verse 18 rather verse 19 it says thou believest that there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble so actually many Christians today they've ended at this level of belief which is having a knowing God which is knowing that Christ is the world's redeemer and in fact they still fear God that indeed God is mighty but there's no difference between us and the devil if we are just believing that there is God. Because the devil believes also. And he fears too. He trembles. So are we these days. Many of us, yes, we believe God with fear. But there's one thing left, which is the belief of faith. So going back to the passage, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life now it, it seems from there it's clear to believe in god actually is to have eternal life first of all the reason why we need justification today it is because of sin for the wages of sin is death so it is sin that has made christ come down from heaven to die for us and what causes sin it was as a result of the transgression of God's law. For the Bible says, for sin is the transgression of God's law. So when we transgressed, there was no eternal life again. It was death. So now the Bible says that whosoever believes in God will have eternal life. And the same passage, the same Bible explains to us what eternal life is. In John 17, verse 3, it says, And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So, John 3 16 says, Whosoever believe will have eternal life. And Christ has said again, Eternal life is to have a knowledge of God. So, when we believe in God, we have the knowledge of God. In other words, we will know God. And simply to know God is. From 1 John 2 verse 3, it gives us the light there which says, And thereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse 4 says, And he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
from John 3 16 we now see that to believe in God is to know God and to know God is to keep his commandments so when we believe in God we keep his commandments and why is that so because it is the commandment of God that is life itself the book of Deuteronomy shows us what it means for the commandment of God to be life itself so Deuteronomy 32 verses 45 and 46 46 and 47 it says and he said unto them set your heart unto the words which i testify among you this day which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law for it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life and through this thing ye shall prolong your days in the land whither ye go over jordan to possess it and also and also the book the book of revelation chapter 22 verse 14 still gives a further light on the commandment itself so the book of revelation 22 14 says blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city now all this leads shows to us that indeed to believe in god is to keep god's commandment and to have to to have everlasting life is to have God's commandment. So because we have sinned and come short of the glory of God, there is no way we can keep God's law again because the law is already against us. So it is Christ had to come down to earth. God himself had to come down to be a propitiation for us so that we can be eligible again to stand before God. So because we all have sinned, now because we now believe in christ as he is our savior then he justifies us and the justification requires us that we what we now walk in the law because we, be, we are walking in sin that is the reason why christ come to came to die for us and now since he has come to die he has told us that if we believe indeed that he has come to justify us that he has come to cleanse us from our sins then we will have to keep that law that law which man transgressed at the beginning is that law he wants us to keep so that we ourselves may have life so he teaches us that indeed his law is perfect his law is his character so if we are to be justified before him then we have to keep that law so whatever whatever a point of sin we've plunged into because christ is now there to justify us there's hope for every one in sin in other words there's hope for repentance so when we confess the bible says god indeed is faithful and just to forgive us if we confess our sins that's from the book of first john 1 9 so he is ever willing to what to forgive us so that justification is made perfect only if we then turn away from sin we then repent from our sin and keep the law of god so i pray that god will help us to under to understand this more and more so that we will see indeed that faith it's not just believing in god but faith is turning away from sin and sticking to the law of God, which is life itself. Justification, as Elia said, is being made right with God. And this only comes when we repent of our sins. And how do we get repentance? 
Repentance is godly sorrow for sin. And naturally, it doesn't just come to us that way because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse. From verse 6, it says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So then, how can we now have repentance? We have the very promise of God that promises um, repentance even in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 when he says he will put enmity between us and the serpent. And then that is between sin and us. He will put enmity so we can claim this promise of God. And then we also see in is this in Acts where God where it is written that He gave the gift of repentance. Christ gave repentance is actually a gift from God, so we can actually ask for this gift, and God is able to give it to us. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, He said, "Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted." In this text, Christ was making reference to mourning over our sins and then the sins of others and again in in ezekiel chapter 9 we see that god will put his his seal on those who are sighing and crying for the abominations for the sins which are being committed so it's very important that we get this repentance from sin and then we have godly sorrow over the sins of all others around us and then we will cry and say meaning that we'll be praying for them and then we'll speak to them in love about the actions the evil things that they do we will not be indifferent about it i pray that the lord will really help us to give us this repentance give us true repentance so that we'll receive justification will be made right with him will really be in him because when we'll be in god we'll love what he loves we'll hate what we hate what he hates and then we will share in his joy reading from acts of the apostles is read here but because this experience is his that is having justification with god now the christian is not therefore to fold his hands content with that which has been accomplished for him he who has determined to enter the spiritual kingdom will find that all the powers and passions of of unregenerate nature backed by the forces of the kingdom of darkness are arrayed against him each day he must renew his consecration each day do battle with evil old habits hereditary tendencies to wrong will strive for the mastery and against this he is to be ever on guard striving in Christ's strength for victory mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth Paul wrote to the Colossians in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them but now ye also put off all these anger wrath malice blasphemy filthy communication out of your mouth Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and giving, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, 
even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in the one in one body, and be ye thankful. There is a fight, a battle that we must engage in daily to watch what we say and watch ourselves. Otherwise, the carnal nature will overcome, will take preeminence, will do the things which does not please God. I really pray that God will help us to be more watchful today so that the justification that we obtain through our Lord Jesus Christ will not be in vain, that we will not forsake it in, in the least particular today. May the Lord help us to this end in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the provisions that you have made to deliver us from our sins. We thank you that you even gave us and has made available power for us to live above sin. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross of Calvary and through his death we receive pardon for our sins. Lord, it's a very huge thing you've done for us and probably our minds may not properly estimate it now, but I pray, Lord, that as we come nearer and closer to you, that our minds shall be able to comprehend this great love you have shown to us, that our minds shall be able to respond to this love. Lord, in your words, you've told us that if we love you, we will indeed keep your commandments. I pray, Lord, that your love will be shed abroad in our hearts. And to all who are listening to, there may be someone who also is feeling the same thing, doesn't see, doesn't feel this love, doesn't have love towards God and faith towards him. I pray that you would help every one of us that our love for you will continue to grow and as it grows that we shall please you by doing what you love by not offending you in continuing our sins but by pleasing you by keeping your commandments be with us today in our going out our coming in lord be with us grant us safety grant us peace help us lord to have a victorious day whatever temptation comes our way give us grace to overcome them thank you lord for hearing and answering our prayers in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.